Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. second hour on this 21st day of February. Happy Friday. So I was reminded by a friend of mine named Katie who listens to the program as she is able while she is getting her four little boys, um, you know, set up for the events of the day. Some of them actually going to school, others of them still at home with her. Um, I was reminded in my conversation with Katie that people, uh, people listen like from time to time. Very few people are sitting <laughs> And listening to two solid hours of Mornings with Carmen. And so um, this morning, Katie, in all likelihood, missed the open of the first hour. And so she didn't get to hear Psalm 8. And so if you're like Katie, uh, let me encourage you today with these words from the Word of God. Um, and, And let this be on your heart today. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, you could say that as a declaration. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, which is the way it's represented in, uh, in the version of, um, of the Bible that I'm reading from. But you could, also, you could also offer that as an interrogative, as a question. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? Because the reality is, at this point, not everybody recognizes just how majestic the name of the Lord is. You and I have the opportunity today to reveal that great and awesome truth to other people. You and I get to be a living demonstration of the gospel today as we walk our faith out into the world that God so loves, glorifying his name, bowing our knee to Jesus uh, and to the name of Jesus, even when others do not. I mean, the day is coming. The promise of scripture is true. The day is coming when every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He has the name that is above every name. There's no question about that. And yet, many, many people around us today are not going to bow the knee uh, to the name of Jesus. So we do not yet live in the day promised in Philippians 2, but we do live in a Psalm 8 reality. The, the name of the Lord is majestic in all the earth today. Why? Because God has set his glory above the heavens. It is, out of his, uh, it is out of his will and out of his glory that the heavens are what they are, that creation is what it is, and that you and I are who we are. In verse 4, we get this question, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's be people today who declare the goodness and the greatness and the majesty of the name of the Lord our God. Up next, um, I'm going to talk with Adam Holtz. We're going to talk about what we're watching this weekend and maybe why we're watching it. That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen.
right, that music means Adam Holt from Focus on the Family's Plugged In is back with us. You can check out what they're talking about at PluggedIn.com. Welcome back, Adam. Carmen, always great to talk to you on a Friday morning. Okay, I am I am so excited. I hope that I yeah. have reason to be excited about Mostly Call of the do. Wild. Mostly you do. Yeah. Mostly I do. Call of the Wild. Tell us <laughs> tell us about it and tell me why I'm allowed to be excited and then maybe, you know, maybe maybe throw up the caution sign where necessary. Well, the caution sign is an interesting one this time around, but we'll get to it in just a moment. So Call of the Wild is obviously based on Jack London's classic novel. And Jack London had a fascination with two things, canines and the wilderness of the North Country, you know, the Arctic, really. And this is a story of a dog named Buck. And in this film adaptation, Buck is a giant St. Bernard, mostly. I think he, I think he's a St. Bernard because he, he kind of looks like one, but not quite. So um, Buck pretty much has a life of privilege. He lives as the dog of a, a judge in California, and uh, but he's a bad dog sometimes, and he he gets in trouble, and they kick him out for the night. And when he gets kidnapped, when he gets kicked out, he gets dog napped. Uh, it's the 1890s. It's the gold rush in the Klondike territory, uh, in or the in the Klondike area in Alaska in the Yukon territories. And so Buck gets shipped to Alaska, where he goes through a series of of masters. Two of them are good. One of them is not so good. Um, but he, fi- he finally ends up with Harrison Ford, uh, who's obviously not the name in the movie. Harrison Ford plays a character named John Thornton, who has lost his son, could not deal with the grief, abandoned his wife, and is just sort of living as an alcoholic refuge in Alaska. Uh, we see him drink quite a bit. That's one of the mild cautions, although Buck at one point grabs the bottle and dumps it out, which is, you know, sort of the film's way of telling us this is not a good idea. Um, and and Buck proves to be a redemptive influence in John Thornton's life, and they head off into the wilderness for an adventure. So, um, so this worked for me. I liked it a lot. It, it felt like an old Disney 70s style throwback. And it's sort of a Disney film. Uh, this was a 20th Century Fox film, but of course Disney bought them. This is the first film with the new fanfare, and if you're looking closely, it's now just 20th Century Films, which is both weird and kind of sad all at the same time. Okay, that sounds that sounds a little insider-ish. What, what is what do you mean when you say this is the first movie with the new fanfare? What what does that mean? New fanfare. I'm sorry. It's it's actually the same fanfare, but it's a new logo. What, so what what is that? Like, what is the fan, what does fanfare mean? What does that even mean? Well, that's the trumpet thing. I always think of it with the drums and trumpets at the oh. beginning of Star Wars. Dun, yeah, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 that. Yeah, that's, that's the, the fanfare. Fox fanfare. So they oh. still have that music, but they've changed the logo to 20th Century Films, which mm. you know we've all seen it as 20th Century Fox for about a hundred years. So. It's just weird, and it's not the 20th century anymore. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't really work for me, but whatever. That's my problem. Uh, I digress. So the film has a couple mild problems, a couple profanities. There's some violence. There's a bittersweet ending. There is a spirit wolf that guides Buck. It's a big black wolf with glowing red eyes. It looks totally evil, but it's not. And that's probably my biggest content concern for families with young or really sensitive children. I looked at that and said, "Mm, not bringing my nine-year-old to this because she will have that image in her head and have nightmares about it. But Mm. I think for older teens and tweens on up, great film. 
Um, my other, it's not a content concern, but um, if you've seen the trailers, you might have thought that dog doesn't look quite right. He's a C. All the dogs are CGI, and this is CGI on the cheap. We're not talking Jurassic Park here or uh, Jungle Book or Lion King. This is CGI where you look at the dog sometimes and you're like, that dog is computer generated. Uh, and so that was a little bit distracting to me, but mostly I was able to get through it. Okay. And for those of you um, adding me all over the place, uh, just to clarify, I think we can all simply acknowledge that Buck is a half St. Bernard and half Scottish shepherd dog. Thank you for all of you uh-huh. uh, who have offered this Scottish clarification okay. in the moments I have been talking uh, with Adam Holt. And, uh, all right. Send, send me an email on that because I'm actually going to change my <laughs> review as soon as I get in. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Who knows, right? Okay, he's apparently also four years old. I, I don't know. People okay. people seem to know a lot about Buck. That's All right, pretty um, deep into the Buck weeds, right there. That is. It's deep <laughs> into the Buck weeds. All right. So, Adam, how about you and I take a brief break? When we come back, yep. I want to talk with you um, about actually a couple of different topics. One of them is Hollywood's sex scene disconnect, which is something you've got uh, posted right now at PluggedIn.com. Yep. Adam Holt and I will be right back. Continuing my conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In Ministry. You can find it at PluggedIn.com. Um, Adam, let's talk about a blog you have posted right now at PluggedIn.com, and that's about Hollywood's sex scene disconnect. What's going on here? Well, last week I read an article about director and actress Olivia Wilde, um, and she is sort of um, on a little crusade to make filming sex scenes safer on set for the actors and actresses involved. And what she wants to do is just to make sure nobody's there who shouldn't be there. You know, somebody who might be there, not because they really have anything to do professionally, but they just want to see the scene being filmed. Um, and, you know, she's kind of making a big deal of it. And so she said, you know, she was filming this this movie, Book Smart that had a lesbian sex scene. And she said, okay, I'll finally teach everyone what a closed set means. And I said to our actresses that are doing this intimate scene, when you're on your next film set, I want you to demand what I'm showing you today. So I get what she's saying here. And to the, you know, limited context she's speaking, it's, it's reasonable and good. You know, if you've got people who are making the decision to be involved in these scenes, you're trying to protect them from, you know, being voyeuristically exploited by people who shouldn't be there. But let's press the pause button for just a second. It's not like what they're doing is a secret. They're filming it so they can show it to millions of people and so that Hollywood studios often take what they've done and they use the fact that there are these sex scenes to sell the film. So they're being exploited on a level that is orders of magnitude bigger than what's happening on the set. And I just wanted to stop and say to Olivia, Olivia, maybe a better crusade would be to to say, do we need to have these scenes at all? And, you know, in what way are young women being exploited by being asked to participate in totally inappropriate scenes, you know, for the sake of a voyeuristic audience out there as well? So there's a there seems to be just a huge disconnect and naivete there with regard to you know, what people do with movies that have sex scenes in them. 
I, this is a complicated area, right? The the and it's increasingly complicated when um you know when you have kids who you feel yeah. like oh we we should be able to watch a PG-13 movie because they're, you know, they're 13, 14 years old and yet the content um that might be in there is is entirely too sexually explicit even if it's not sex. Like right? right? This is um, totally. this is really really difficult uh, conversation I think for Christian parents to have. You know, our kids live in the culture. We want them to be protected from as much of it as possible, but prepared to engage in it in a meaningful way. We also don't want them to you know not be able to do anything that their friends are doing. I mean, because it's just so isolating. But like even I mean, I'll just confess, like even the Transformers movies. Just oh, yeah. Way, way, way too over the top in terms of like over the top f- fleshly exposure for right. preteen and teenage boys. Right. No, it's it's pinup models and it's, you know, we've got it's there for the sole purpose of titillation. You know, it's like, oh, we got to we got to add this in or somehow our our robot smash em up movie isn't going to make any money. Uh, which certainly was not the problem, but Megan Fox lent the whole thing, I think, a kind of sleazy feel. And after the fact, she sort of got pigeonholed and she got kind of frustrated with the fact that nobody saw her as anything but a sex symbol. And (laughs) it's like, well, when you present yourself as a sex symbol, um, I'm not going to say you brought it on yourself, but I don't think you should be surprised when people treat you as a sex symbol. I saw an article yesterday about Millie Bobby Brown, who is on Stranger Things. She plays 11, and she just turned 16, and she was talking about being sexualized in the media. But the image that went with the article was with her with a plunging dress on. And I just had to step back and again ask the question, yeah, there may be people who are sexualizing you, but are you sexualizing yourself and you don't even realize it. And, you know, I don't want to pile on a 16-year-old, but I think sometimes the message that these women receive is that's the only way to, you know, sell yourself in Hollywood. And they don't even realize they're doing it. So this actually is so interesting, the way things circle back around. Um, I, I actually started today's conversation in the first hour about what these women are wearing on the debate stage and why they're wearing what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously we have we have women who are of an age. These are mature women. They're on a political debate stage. Um, and if you just scan, I mean, what you are seeing um, from their neckline up is obviously a whole lot more flesh than you're seeing on a man because the men are wearing buttoned down or buttoned up shirts with a tie. And women don't right. like that's not an option that we have. And so it is this is a conversation we have to have with our kids. This is a conversation we have to have with one another. Men and women are different. God made us to be so. Um and yet there is this really important conversation that we must have, we must have about the way women present themselves. And particularly for those of us who are Christians, how do I um, you know, joyfully be a woman and be a feminine person and do so with um, with grace toward all of my brothers so as to lead right. none to stumble. Like, right? I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody for any reason. Right. And we all have responsibility. And, and even some of the conversations about modesty in our culture, hmm. you know, sometimes the extreme feminist pushback is we can wear anything we want. And you know what? If you're looking at us, that's your problem, not our problem. And 
I get it, you know, that men need to take responsibility, but just that awareness that what you wear may provoke thoughts in a guy's mind that you're not really wanting him to have, you know, that that's absolutely that's a and conversation I, worth having, you know, it is a conversation worth having. And I think that Adam, the, the conversation that I have with younger Christian women, when this comes up and they have, they have grown up in the feminist waters that have absolutely said women can wear whatever they want, wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, and as little as they want, I, I address that issue specifically. Why do you want that? Because right. I, as a Christian woman, I want to be clothed in Christ, and right. that is not very Jesus-y. What you are wearing right now, my sister, is is you are dressing to be bait, and that is not right. what God meant when he sent us out to be fishers of men. It's just right. not the ethic that we need to have as Christian women in the world today. So, well, there you go. There's Carmen on there her Friday. Um, <clears throat> on her Friday, what not to wear soap box? Oh my goodness! Okay, well, there's a ton of stuff. Thing, can I say one? Can I say yeah, one please. other thing with that? Please. And I think that a lot of Christian men would say amen to that, but we've gotten to a point in our culture where we're even afraid to say that because somebody will say it's our problem, not you know a women's problem. So that. That's a no, I agree with you. That I think women need to have with women because uh, absolutely. I'm not sure men's voices are going to be heard. No, I completely 100% agree with you. I absolutely think that this is a place where mature Christian women need to stand up. We need to take we need to take responsibility um, to shepherd the hearts of other women, and we need to tell them where culture is leading them astray. I think there's no question yeah. about that. I do think that this is uh, that this is a woman to woman conversation. No question about it. Um, okay, you and I did not get to two other things. I really wanted to talk about today, but people <laughs> are just going to have to go to pluggedin.com. Please read the culture clips. Social media can cause depression, but one outlet wants. Um, uh, wants to combat it uh, as well. Uh, please read that because that is really, really helpful. Adam, um, as always, thank you so much, man, for being with us. We really appreciate oh, yeah. it. Absolutely. It's a joy to be with you and we will talk soon. Thanks, man. And hey, it's that, that dog is, you know, let's, I sent you the email. He's, he's not just okay. a, yeah, yeah. He's not just a St. Bernard. Okay. I will get it Whew. fixed as soon as I get in. That's Whew. good, man. Exactly. Right. Have a great day. <laughs> thank you. Bye. We'll Bye. be right back. All right, so let's be praying the news today on lots of fronts. Apparently, uh, the United States has not only reached an agreement with the Taliban, but that is uh, going into partial effect today, leading up to the signing of an agreement on the 29th. So when, we, when we're thinking about what's happening around the world, when we're thinking about what's happening in, in Africa related to these locust swarms, when we're thinking about what's happening uh, on the border of Syria and Turkey as uh, people continue to to suffer there. Um, we think about the refugee crisis around the world. I've been sort of reminded again that we haven't talked recently about just the absolute humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. It's now the second largest refugee flow out of a country in all the world, second only to Syria. Um, we, we just have so many places around the world. The coronavirus, you know, on and on and on. Let's be praying the news today. So hashtag pray the news. Next up, I'm going to talk with Jeff Gowler. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. We're actually going to talk about the way that technology provides the possibility of accomplishing the Great Commission within this generation. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Licato. 
One of the most famous stories in the Bible has to do with inheritance. The Hebrews had just been delivered from Egyptian captivity. God led them and Moses to the edge of the promised land and made this offer. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. God didn't tell the Israelites to conquer, invade, or secure the land. No, he told them he was giving it to them, and their choice was clear. Promises or circumstances? The circumstances said, no way, stay out, there are giants in the land. But God's promise said, the land is yours, the victory is yours, take it. Circumstances say, cower to your fears. Your inheritance says otherwise. You are a child of the king. And because God's promises are unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. This is Max Locato. Joining me now, Jeff Gowler. He is the president of Global Media Outreach. Um, you guys know how excited and passionate I am about what is happening uh, through this ministry, and so it's a privilege to welcome Jeff here to the program today. Jeff, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning, Carmen. Thank you for having me on the broadcast today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to remind people a number of times during our conversation uh, to visit the website, globalmediaoutreach.com. Um, I, I'm, I share your enthusiasm for, uh, for reaching the lost for Christ. So introduce us again to Global Media Outreach. What is it and what's the need we're seeking to meet? Well, Global Media Outreach, I, we, we started 15 years ago. So this is our, we just finished our 15th year. So that's kind of exciting. But the, the original vision and that we stay true to today is that everyone on earth would have multiple opportunities to know Jesus. And we do that through, um, through technology. And most people today would, uh, would get a, they would search on Google or, or Facebook. And they're, they're looking for something to meet a need. And we hope that we're there with the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to share with them at that point of need. Uh, so that's really what we're trying to do. So um, it occurs to me, Jeff, that, you know, although everybody around the world doesn't necessarily uh, have access to all of the things that you and you and I might have access to on a given day, but virtually everyone around the world does have access to a phone. Talk about the access not only to the physical technology, but as um, as our connectivity d- continues to develop and expand, um, talk about this particular moment in terms of uh, the Great Commission. Well, this is something we've never, ever seen before. There's about 7.4 billion people on Earth right now. Interesting part is there's about 7.6 billion cell phone subscriptions. That doesn't mean everybody's got a phone, but there are people have multiple uh, cellular devices, whether it's a tablet or a phone or whatever. Uh, but one of the interesting things, I had the opportunity to go to a Syrian refugee camp uh, last year. And although it looked like they had from the outside nothing, almost every one of them had a cellular device in their hand. And what we found is that about 91% of the entire world is within range of a cell signal. So it really has opened a door for us right now like we've never seen before. So um, maybe just take us to a place like that. Uh, uh, take us to a place where most of us will never set foot and where missionaries 
cannot actually go. What what would be the kind of question? Um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick a person here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what what's the kind of question that a 16 year old girl um, in some remote part of India that's close to the gospel? What's the kind of question she might type into a search engine? And then what's the kind of answer she gets from global media outreach? Well, I think one of the one of the areas that we could go to one of our uh, one of our sites that is uh, that, that's hit the most really is about Arabic women. So I'm going to switch from mm, India perfect. to, no, that's to great. to Arabic women uh, because that's one of them that's just real popular right now. And what we find is that people at their point of need. I was with Rick Warren a couple of weeks ago, and he was. He was telling in the conference that I was at, the, the, the time you want to really share the gospel with someone is at their pain point where they're in pain, where they need hope. And, you know, that's what we've looked to do is at a place where they need hope. We want to be there with a message of hope for them. What we find over in that culture, um, and if you especially if you went to, to uh, Iran right now, we're getting a great deal of, of traction and interest. Uh, and, and it's people that are coming, especially women that are wondering, what do, what does this Jesus have for me? Who is he? And is there really hope? Because they're they're wondering on a day to day basis: Am I gonna am I gonna still be married? Am I gonna be wife number two or three? You know what is the what does my life look like here? And uh, they're really searching for something that they can grab onto. And when we present just this simple message, did you know that Jesus loves you? And that just that just really catches them right there. It's a simple message, but to hear that someone really loves them at that point when they're searching, a lot of times in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep, and when they hear that uh, that message, they go on and they read, and they, they're offered an opportunity to, to find out more about this Jesus. And boy, the traction that we're getting on that is just, it's really unbelievable. Because we're meeting with their point of need, you know, we a lot of times, in, if we're looking at what we used to do to try to get the word out, and it, and it still works, but if I'm knocking on doors 90% of the time, I'm, I don't have what they're looking for. They're not interested in what I'm selling. When people are searching for hope, they're actually we're actually offering something that they're looking for. So our chances of engaging are a lot higher because we've got something that they're already looking for. That's what makes it a little different. Yeah, one of the things that I, I just simply love about global media outreach and the way um, that this entire conversation is is approached, you know, first of all, is the the leveraging and the taking advantage of technology um, and and our connectivity today. But it's also actually answer or answering the pe- the questions people are actually asking versus offering answers to questions people aren't asking. And so, um, talk with us a little bit about how that works. Uh, you know, when we talk about search engine optimization. We ordinarily think about, you know, how we're going to build a business or how we're going to build traffic for a website. When you guys talk about search engine optimization, you're actually talking about taking advantage of um, of the infrastructure of the Internet to provide a way for ministry that's really unique. Well, we are. Um, and it's and it's wide open to everyone. You know, there's multiple opportunities right now, whether it's whether it's through Google, which has been one of the number one tools that we've used over the years, or Facebook, or WhatsApp, uh, any of those, there are just opportunities now that we can go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, 
you know, we, we, we try to take advantage of all those. Uh, and there's just, there's multiple ways we, we can do it, but we, I think we're working on, I, I believe the latest number is about 110 different websites right now around the world. And uh, we, and we really focus on 12 different languages, but by doing that, we're able to reach about 90 to 93% of the world, um, sharing the gospel with people. So it's, uh, it's opened up that door to us just through technology to, to really get the word out. So the only thing that limits your ability to do more today than you did yesterday, to reach more people today than you reached yesterday, um, you know, is, is the opportunity to simply buy more um, ad space, right? I mean, am I understanding that correctly? Talk with people about the impact um, of, of a dollar, because the, 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 strat, the, the strategic value of a dollar given to global media outreach is pretty extraordinary. Well, we've, for years we've, sorry about that, for years we've uh, told people that it's about 10 cents to reach a person with the good news of Jesus Christ. Because that's so amazing. We, uh, it, really, it really is. It's, a, it's, it's hard to believe. And a lot of people have a hard time getting their head around that going, 10 cents, how does that happen? You know, through the power of the Internet and what people are doing, uh, you know, you see people in business doing it all the time. That's what Amazon does. That's what so many of the other uh, companies do that are actually out there trying to make money at it. They're trying to find what is the lowest cost that we can that we can reach people. We're taking that same technology and saying we want to reach them, but we're reaching them for something for something different. We want to we want to actually share something with them. We're not charging them money. We don't want them to buy a product. We want to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. So on a daily basis, we reach about 350,000 people um, with with a gospel presentation. The really cool part about that is that there about 50,000 people, so I'm rounding that off, about 50,000 people will indicate a decision for Christ on any given day. That's daily. And uh, so when that happens, we've got about 3,500 volunteers around the world and that when they share their contact information, uh, these 3,500 volunteers will then respond back to them and say, do you realize what you just did? Do you know what it is to say that you prayed the prayer of salvation? Do you know who this Jesus that you, uh, that you just said you prayed to? Do you know who that is? And they'll take them deeper and, uh, and, and start, to the, start the basics of discipleship with them right away. All right, when we come back from the break, Jeff Gowler and I are going to talk about that discipleship model because we all recognize that, you know, discipleship just begins with the gospel message. It doesn't end there. So we're going to talk about some ministry partnerships and some other um, connections that Global Ministry Outreach uh, helps people make and the ways that they help them connect with local churches. All of that up next. In the meantime, you can visit globalmediaoutreach.com if you're looking for um, my favorite part of the site, Scroll down until you see the button that says, see it live. We'll be right back. Now I'm alive and born again, rescued from the grip of sin. God, your love came crashing in. Continuing my conversation now with Jeff Gowler. He's the president of Global Media Outreach. The website is globalmediaoutreach.com. Um, if you scroll down on the page um, to the see it in action, see it live or see it in action, um, I will tell you, Jeff, this is my favorite. This is my favorite page. 
Um, I have on occasion been known in the middle of a meeting to just pull this up on my phone because it brings joy to my heart. It brings a smile to my face. I'm, I'm literally seeing people come to Jesus and people be discipled in Christ all over the world um, as these little, um, I don't know, what do you call those, little indicators pop up. I will tell you my my particular heart celebration um, is over the little orange ones when there's an indicated decision for Christ, and it 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 just makes my heart sing. I just I love this. I don't I don't find anything that's that's out there in terms of evidence of what God is doing through a ministry in the world. I find nothing out there as encouraging as this. So if you haven't been encouraged today in uh, by the expansion of God's kingdom and what God's doing, go to global. Uh, mediaoutreach.com. Scroll down to the uh, to the watch it live or see it in action button, um, and just just enjoy this for a moment. Um, Jeff, the yeah. the indications for Christ, like people, you know, they make this decision, and then this online um, missionary gets in gets in contact with them, right? They they make this one on one connection. They right. have some follow up on what it means, like, and then and then they like take their first step as a Christian. Talk with us a little bit about the discipleship model related to this, and then the the way they get a Bible and the way they get connected with the church. Well, Carmen, that's a, you, what you were just talking about is so exciting. I know when I uh, first saw the map myself, uh, it just it, it it just blew me away. It really did. And we see it every day when we walk into the office. That map is just going right there in our lobby, so you see it. And you know the important part when you look at those when you look at those uh, those dots right there. Boy, put a face in those and see what that does to you. And you know those aren't just dots; they're just not statistics. Those are people that have made a decision. The people that have been on those sites, and and uh, that's actually happening in real time. That's tracked by Google through technology. We don't. We don't just make up the dots. Google's reporting that back to us and saying, here's what's happening right now. So that's just, it's so exciting. But uh, what you said about, uh, you know, so we do share the gospel. We have a lot of people indicated decision every day, about 50,000 people. Um, what the next thing that happens in there is if they provide us with their contact information, uh, then we do start immediately uh, with a discipleship program. So we've got uh, we've got several different things. One of them is the 30 Days Next Steps app that, that one of our partners developed for us that's been very, very effective. And it lines them up for the next 30 days of what this new journey with Jesus is going to look like. We've got several different devotionals that we uh, that we send out. We uh, one of the interesting things that we're that we're doing right now is we we've got different language response teams around the world. So we've got a team that's in Beirut that does Arabic, Farsi, Urdu, Turkish, and French. We've got a team in Russia and Indonesia and, and around the world that actually that actually are translating for us and making sure that we're culturally relevant to the people that we're talking to. So this isn't just happening in English; it's happening all around the world in in multiple languages, which is which is really exciting. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Bibles, and, and we think this is real exciting. We. We recently partnered with one of the uh, one of the organizations that has uh, has uh, the digital Bible, and they've been getting about a thousand downloads a day of their app, of their Bible app, which which is great. I mean, that's it's just awesome. But we said, hey, listen, if we partner, I just want to partner with you. I want to share some 
people with you and I want to offer them a Bible, are, would you be willing to work with us? And they said, well, you bet. We want to get, you know, we want to get the word out because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we partnered together. As I said, there was about a thousand downloads a day they were getting. Uh, when I checked with them, and I actually called them last night because I just wanted to verify this before I, before I said it to you, but they're getting between 3,800 and 4,000 downloads a day now uh, of the Bible, which, so that that's really 2,000 or 3,000 of those are coming from the traffic that we're sending back to them. So they've benefited from this. The seekers benefited because they now get the word of God. And the, the whole kingdom benefits as people grow deeper in their relationship with Christ. That's really working in true partnership with others. It is. And it, yeah, absolutely. And it's um, uh, it's so refreshing to to just acknowledge that it's collaborative. It's not competitive. We're all in this together. We're all seeking to advance the kingdom in this generation. And uh, and you know where God has provided for. Faith comes by hearing to to develop the Bible in, in this downloadable app. God has called Global Media Outreach to help people make that initial connection between the question that they're asking, the heart question that they're asking, and the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and to introduce him and uh, and then to get them into a discipling relationship. And then the church, you know, is there as the as the place, the community of believers in right. places all over the world um, with whom these individuals, these new brothers and sisters in Christ can then connect. It is so exhilarating. It is so exciting. Um, Jeff, we might have to have you back on another time to talk about <laughs> the mission field that is the United States of America, because you oh, and yeah. I are out of, t- out of time today. But would you be so gracious as to come back um, and talk with us about the mission field that is the United States of America and the vision that God has given Global Media Outreach for um, for the U.S.? Oh, you bet I would. That's such an important topic right there. Great. All right. We're going to tee that up for another conversation. Jeff Gowler uh, from Global Media Outreach, thank you so much for being with us here today on Mornings with Carmen. I want everybody to go and visit globalmediaoutreach.com. You can see it live. You can see it in action. People are making decisions for Jesus. You and I have new brothers and sisters in Christ all over the globe being discipled right now. It's just it's just thrilling. Uh, we'll be you, right Carmen. back. God is so good, and the kingdom is so great, and you and I um, are so blessed to know him by name uh, and to have just this extraordinary access uh, to the throne room of the king. So let's be sure that we spend some time there today. Um, Be sure you take full advantage of the all-access pass that Jesus gives you to the Father. Um, Take advantage of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today. Share the good news of the gospel with someone else. Share the ministries that we've talked about here today um, with your church and your church leadership team and other Christians who maybe are discouraged today. Man, they just think that everything is, you know, down or Debbie and no good. Hey, the gospel is still the good news of salvation, and Jesus is still on the throne, um, and his name is worthy to be praised. So let's be people of great joy today as we advance his kingdom purposes amidst the kingdoms of this world. You've been listening to Mornings with Carmen. You can grab grab this podcast and share it with someone else at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. 
That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.